Do you really think faith turned us into gods so we can refuse these gifts? Hello and welcome to episode 559 of Under the Cull of MS. That's a little quote from Doom and Marvel Comics, I believe you would base that from. Uh, today's uh, Thursday comics and whatever today is one of the big holidays of the year it's 420 <laughs> for all the people that celebrate so enjoy uh let's see i got a little puzzle of the month that i didn't get out yet i forgot that to do the april monthly info excuse me Got like a tiny part of raspiness stuck in my throat. A motor car is three times as old as as its tires were when it was as old as the tires are now. When its tires are as old as the car is now, the car will be a year older than the tires are now. What are the present ages of car and tires? Uh, the answer at the end of this episode. I'll repeat it here in a second, but it's almost like a tongue twister. I'll say it a little faster this time. A motor car is three times as old as its tires were when it was as old as the tires are now. When its tires are as old as the car is now, the car will be a year older than the tires are now. What are the present ages of car and tires? Oh, that's a messed up one. <laughs> I'll try to remember to give you the answer at the end of the episode. That'd be a good Riddler one. We are doing a Batman comic style comic in here anyways. So that kind of goes good with that. Uh, looks like Michelle Yeoh is returning to Star Trek in a Section 31 movie for Paramount+. Plus. I love Michelle Yeoh. She's an awesome actress. Uh, looks like Tribeca Film Festival lineup features documentaries on Stan Lee and Gloria Gaynor, but Stan Lee is the main reason I mentioned that. I Documentaries are good, but all the other Stan Lee stuff, I just feel people are just trying to thrive off his memory. I hate when people do that but let's get to some comics because we got a little stack we got to get through so we can get to the answer at the end of the show so starting out with i guess you'd call this volume two of the batman and scooby-doo mysteries number six of twelve batman calls upon his friends in mystery incorporated for help and he's shocked that this time they refuse it's no secret that they've become quite the crime-fighting team, and powerful foes are starting to team up against them. What fate does the fortune teller see, and will they solve the riddle in time to save the day? Yeah, our Scooby gang goes to a fortune teller. They find out something at the fortune teller that makes them not want to help out Batman, and Batman has to deal with a something that's happening and trying to figure out what's going on and he's like hey gang give me a hand and they're like screw you we're out of here 
But yeah, that was a fun, another fun little Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Gang team-up comic. So check that one out if you're missing it. I love the first volume. The second volume, I've been picking and choosing which ones I get, just because I know I'll pick up the rest in a bargain bin down the road someday. But yeah, I've been getting the ones that caught my eye the most and been checking those out. Next up, we got Doom, number one to three. From Marvel Comics. This is from back in the 90s, I believe. Or 2000, it looks like. It came out. Writer Chuck Dixon, penciler Leonardo Manco. An epic adventure starring Doctor Doom. Trapped in the deadly deserts of Counter-Earth, a.k.a. Doom World. An armorless Victor Von Doom, a.k.a. the coolest guy of them all. Battles for his very survival. To succeed, he must conquer the elements and rebuild his empire from nothing, destroying all those who would dare oppose his might. Apparently, Franklin Richards set up these this world and some other stuff in the galaxy, and somehow Fantastic Four ended up getting Doctor Doom dumped on this. It's an Earth-like planet, planet but on the other side of the sun, so kind of like a duplicate, which... I'd be happy with my own freaking planet. Hell yeah. But there are entities on this planet that he has to deal with and beast and all that stuff. There is replication of, uh, is it New York City or whatever? Where Fantastic Four Towers and all that stuff and Doom, it's the Doom Tower here. and He's trying to make his way back there. Somehow he ended up way out in the, Middle of nowhere and ends up having to deal with some entities that capture him and make him a slave and all that stuff. And they end up paying for that in the long run. But I love this three-issue run. I've been loving everything that I've been getting my hands on with Doom. I just never had no interest in this character. And I'm just learning so much about him and just loving everything about it. And still don't care for the Fantastic Four, but I'll, I'll follow Doom wherever he goes, and Silver Surfer, and stuff like that. Certain characters that are part of their world, but I do like Franklin Richards. I've been enjoying stories with him in it. It's just not the not the parents <laughs> and uncles. Uh, but yeah, check that out. And then we got Eno and Plum. They are a couple of glanders living in the city. Eno, from Generation X, is the stereotype of a man aspiring primarily to watch TV, while his partner Plum is a dynamic go-getter. Other recurring characters are Plum's father, Seymour Riverpeace, a wealthy hippie of the third age who smokes joints. That is perfect for the four, for 420. A friend of Plum's, Catherine, unmarried to her re- regret, unmarried to her regret, and Edgar Remington, a yuppie who constantly tries to convince Plum to go with him. Yeah, this was fun. Uh, Eno's like, okay, you're a deadbeat boyfriend. He's just obsessed with watching his TV shows, constantly blowing her off when she wants to fool around and stuff. Uh, the cat character's a little fun in here. You get little 
mini cat stories at the bottom of some of the pages let you know what's up with the cat what's been going on they kind of have some rental issues and have to deal with an entity that wants to sleep with Eno or well not necessarily sleep with her but make Eno his girlfriend but she's with Plum and he kind of like tries to bribe her into doing certain things if she wants to keep lower rent and keep them living where they are and stuff and Plum just keeps blowing things off until he gets tossed out on his ass into a different environment and then he realizes hey I had a pretty damn good thing what the hell was I thinking and he they have to try and fix it all and yeah this was this is enjoyable I it's there's no no number on it so I thought I gotta see if there's more uh, like one shots or a little run of these characters and they gotta be out there somewhere. It's uh, the storyline was called Catatonia Uber Alleys. And it's like, when I looked it up online, I had a trick. Some of that might've been confusing because I had to get stuff translated to English. So when that happens, certain words can get, mixed up but this is created and written and illustrated by terry laban which i've heard that name before it's done by oni press but yeah this is a blast i like watching these two <laughs> deal with their issues and try and get their life straightened out enough that they can live in a decent environment and it's like she comes from a wealthy lifestyle and he's just a deadbeat so it's that type of atmosphere you get from it, but definitely enjoyable. That was that was fun. Uh, next up, this is one that I seen at one of the cons I was at. Some of their other stuff, and I really wish I would have picked up more from them, but I didn't uh, really know much about it, so. Without reading it, I, didn't, I grabbed some other comics from the creator, but not not more of the Geeksville. I wish I would have. I want to learn more about them. But this was Geeksville, Mary Geeksmiths, number three, a 40-page holiday spectacular. Have yourself a Stan and Ollie Christmas. The Three Geeks, the True Tales from the Comic Shop, a classic Christmas poem revisited. It's just, yeah. Stories by Rich Kozlowski. It's a, that name always throws me off because it <laughs> reminds me of Spinguli, the Kaz. Uh, Gary Sussaman and John Griffin. Art by Rich Kozlowski. Gary Sussaman and John Gallagher. Cover by Gary Sassman. In the special Christmas issue, creator Gary Sassaman tells a charming story about Stan and Ollie, his beloved cats. Also creator Rich Kozlowski, very first poem featuring the three geeks, as well as the first installment of the hilarious Y2K A&J storyline, which continues in Geeksville number zero. In this story, see Jim's reaction to the Y2K scare and the fallout shelter he plans on living in. The boys, of course, convince Jim to allow them to live in there with him. 
Also included in this issue is a True Tales from the Comic Shop story illustrated by the wonderful John Gallagher of Buzzboy fame. This issue was the last Geeksville issue published by Three Finger Prints and continues in Volume 2 from Image Comics. Uh, 24 pages, black and white, standard paper. This was really enjoyable. Lots of fun little Christmassy style stories. The one with the fallout shelter is funny because the one character has to bring his comic collection. He tries to narrow it down to a certain amount and you get to see what happens where he has to stick it. <laughs> it's just, yeah, this was enjoyable. Uh, fun little Christmas. Goofy comic including some fun stories with the cats and it's just very well done but yeah if you want an enjoyable christmas read this christmas pick up that or look into the newer runs that they got out there and see what they have uh what he what i seen at the comic show he had quite a few different issues available so yeah i'm hoping i run into him again at the one of the next comic shows and see if I can pick up some Geeksville comics. I think this is the only one I really own. I might have another oddball one laying around somewhere, but pretty sure this might be about the only one I got. So check those out. I think that came out in the early 90s, like 93 or so. All right, next up we got Vanish number five. This is by Donnie Cates and Ryan Stegman. Oliver Harrison. Sounds more like a cursed man than the chosen one. Psych psych wards, confrontations with the authorities, reality shifts, hexes, hallucinations, and bloody crime scenes. At least he has his lovely Eleanor to come home to, right? Right? Join us as the next epic Vanish arc begins right here. This is a whole new story arc. This series has been very enjoyable. I never expected to get into a magical style storyline. But in here we got our character kind of stuck in a a psych ward. And has to try and figure out which reality is the right reality. And it keeps bumping the storyline between the different realities and sorry i'm trying to adjust the cat decided to come jumping up on me and can't tell if he wants to lay down or he just wants to go outside and no one will let him outside or something like that but i will have to go up after this episode and play with him i guess before i can do anything else otherwise but we'll see what happens but yeah that banish storyline i kind of like i think the wife talked me into picking up one of the first couple issues and it just ended up pulling me in i talked about it when i reviewed him so it was more enjoyable than i thought than i would expect but yeah he's trying to figure out which reality is real and while at the same time he's got his woman around him and he's these other characters and goes from a being tied up in a psych ward. Now it sounds like now someone's opening the door after the cat wanted to go out. Now they're 
they're playing with the door, which makes no sense. But oh well, I'll figure it out in a little bit, I guess. Just like always. But yeah, you'll see him in the psych ward all wrapped up in the nice little white jacket. And then he'll jump back to the world where he's trying to survive against demons and all that stuff. All his entities he's got to deal with. And just it was a very interesting thing on where it goes. I always hate when they do stuff like this in storylines just because... If it takes you away from the superhero, super soup aspect of it, uh, and makes it where the true story is, yeah, they are locked up in a psych ward, and this is what's going on. It's like, oh, man, that's a bummer. It's like, I don't always need uh, gone down the rabbit hole, Alice in Wonderland style story for my stories. I mean, there's other ways you can make twists and turns. If you're going to go that route, but I prefer to stick with just the goofy superhero villain style storylines and stay away from the real world because the real world sucks. All right. Let's get to the final one we got. I didn't care for volume one of this run, but I'm like, it's all red art. (laughs) <laughs> and stuff so I'm going to check it out and I figured I'd check out volume 2 we got the excellent number 1 by writer Peter Milligan penciler Michael Allred cover artist Michael Allred your favorite celebrity super villains are back they're not my favorite celebrity I like the ecstatic group <laughs> Zeitgeist is still on a mission to achieve social media godhood, no matter who he has to kill. But the spotlight won't be big enough when the next generation of the ecstatics drop in. Join Peter Milligan and Michael Allred for the final half of their mutant celebrity saga. So I, I'm hoping it's the final half. That's why I jumped on it, just because I didn't care for the first half. Oh, the second half is going to be a little bit better. But this one wasn't as bad as this one started out a little better, a lot less arguments. And that's the problem with the first volume is just the constant arguing and Zeitgeist just being a major douche. But let's see here. Let's see what they say in here about the characters. They lived, they loved, they fought, and they died. A lot. The mutant team known as the Ecstatics rose to celebrity acclaim by showcasing their death-defying missions to the adoring public. But after many missions and many replacement teammates, the team disbanded, never to be heard from again. That is, until the daughter of former member Hugo Girl Katie Jones manifested teleportation abilities that attracted not just the survivors of ecstatics, but also a new team of young, eccentric mutants called the Excellent. Previously, Zeitgeist, the deceased leader of X-Force, now known as the Ecstatics, is back. And this time he's brought with him a team of conniving, 
cutthroat mutants eager to steal the celebrity spotlight from the ecstatics. Most recently, the excellent stole a spell from Dr. Doctor Strange's book of the Vashanti. With this spell and the use of his social media, Zeitgeist plans to achieve godhood. But Zeitgeist's abusive behavior is starting to turn his team against him. And his newest recruit, Toodle Pip, is not making matters any easier. There's only so many teammates Zeitgeist can kill off. Uh, oh, this also has colorist Laura Allred and letterer Nat Picos of Blombot Blambot Studios. But yeah, I like the way this one went better than the first volume. So I'm hoping it has a nice finish to it. But we will see. See what happens. All reds always do good. So all reds are all good. <laughs> Just a little confusing sometimes or a little too much confrontation and stuff and that throws me off with stories but you gotta have it I guess because sorry about that but I had a piece of cat hair I was trying to get and I accidentally hit the button and stopped the recording so there's a second part to the show they'll get caught up on here with our quiz answer and stuff like that. But yeah, with the first, I was talking about the first volume, that excellent, just too much conflict for me. And that just threw me off. But other than that, I was interested in some of the characters, hoping to know more that I could enjoy about them. But yeah, we'll figure it out eventually. Uh, since I got, a second part going here. I suppose I could talk a little bit about Renfield. I went and seen the Renfield movie with Nicolas Cage and Aquafina. And I can't think of. All the, all the characters from it. I know Nicolas Cage is... They've had all kinds of things on the news. Uh, computer news. Little... Uh, the little things that pop up on your main screens. On your computer. And they're talking... Before I seen the movie that... Nicholas Cage filed down his teeth. It's like, no, nah, I, I know Nick's a little eccentric, but I don't think he'd file his actual teeth down, especially to match the teeth in the movie, because that would just be messed up. But uh, the other thing out there is that he regrets, uh, was it the vamp that he did back in the day? Another vampire style movie. He, uh, when he eats the cockroach in one of the movie parts, he actually did eat the cockroach and he regrets that. It was a big live cockroach. 
let's see. Renfield is Dracula's henchman and inmate at the lunatic asylum for decades, longs for a life away from the count, his various demands, and all of the bloodshed that comes with them. It's just fun seeing Renfield try and have a little bit of life while being controlled by Dracula and it's a wonderful cast of characters. I mean, you got Nicholas Holt did Renfield. He did a wonderful job. And they all did a wonderful job. I was not disappointed at all with this movie. It was way better than I expected. I I expected my standard feeling of a first viewing of a Nicolas Cage movie where I'm like, okay, this is enjoyable to a point, but not deep down, but each time I rewatch his movies, I end up liking them more and more. But I always like Nicolas Cage. I just, he's got quite a few good ones that I enjoyed a lot, but yeah, there's other ones like, uh, the, <laughs> just went, just lost it. One with the five babies. That one I hated the first time I seen it and eventually came to love it. But Aquafina, she does an awesome job in here playing a police officer who lost her dad and her sister works in like the FBI and stuff. Yeah, Shore Agdajlo. Dashlo. Adrian Martinez, Bess Rose, Jenna Cannell, Camille Shen, who plays Aquafina's sister, Brandon Scott Jones, Ben Schwartz, this little shithead, Nicolas Cage plays Dracula. Uh, and there's just so many fun people in this. Uh, you get a little. Kind of like a triple A style group of characters trying to deal with their life being controlled by others and all that. And it's just, it was a very enjoyable twist on the whole storyline. So I suggest going out and seeing it if you haven't. It was very enjoyable. And I, I'm actually looking forward to watching it a second time. I know the wife will buy it as soon as it comes out. So, <laughs> And then, oh, let's see. Is there anything else I really want to talk about out of this for the month of April before I don't really care about the Easter facts and all that stuff because Easter is over. So, yeah, let's just end it with our... Final answer to our puzzle of the month. <clears throat> I'm going to read it twice. Just because it's a tongue twister to me. And I want to try and get it across. So a motor car is three times as old as its tires were when it was as old as the tires are now. When its tires are as old as the car is now, the car will be a year older than the tires are now. What are the present ages of car and tires? 
I'm going to say a little bit slower this time so I can think it out myself. A motor car is three times as old as its tires were when it was as old as the tires are now. When its tires are as old as the car is now, the car will be a year older than the tires are now. What are the present ages of the car and the tires? I'm going to say as old as the tires are not. Three times as old as its tires were when it was as old as the tires are now. So I am going to say the car is 10 years old and the tires are 9. Let's see what the answer is. The car is 18 months old and the tires are a year old. How the hell does that come? The car... In the end, the car will be a year older than the tires are now. Yeah, that, I don't get it. <laughs> I'm sure someone does, because even eight... Even if the car is 18 months old and the tires are a year old, the car is not a year older than the... At the, the car will be a year older than the tires are now. Eh, too much brain work. My head's going to collapse, so I'm just going to leave it. <laughs> at that and say okay you guys are right i have no freaking clue <laughs> all right so that's it for our show today be good to yourself be good to everybody else kick the shit out of the monster keep following under the call of ms audio video youtube wherever you can find us if you want to follow my instagram i've been posting artwork i started Going back to drawing a picture a day, trying to at least get a picture a day drawn. I haven't drawn much other than some little sketching and stuff in the last 15, 20 years. Because multiple sclerosis just gave me a shaky hand, a hand that likes to jump and all that. So it's like the last tattoo job I did and I my hand jumped and the needle jumped off the bar oh, off the tattoo gun the bar and needle jumped off and stuck the needle into the person at a depth enough that i could pull the tattoo gun away and it was just sitting there stuck in her back so i decided back then to stop even though it took me about Oh, a good 10 plus years after that to find out I had multiple sclerosis. But I had other issues with my hands back then that I didn't know were MS related. So eventually I just gave up drawing altogether because it's like if I can't do what I 
set out to do. It just kind of takes a big old kick in the gut of life and just ruins things. So I got to bug up my ass because everybody's doing all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, I used to be an artist. It's like, I might as well get back to it. I was planning, I know I mentioned I was going to try and get, get into painting in January and that never happened because too much stuff was happening. But now I am, I'm getting closer to doing a painting, but I wanted to work more, a little more on my drawing. Uh, not really happy yet. I got my drawing arm, my wrist. Every time I'm pulling a line or going around a corner or something like that, it's bone on bone in one part of it, and it just clicks and pops and just jerks the whole line and screws everything up. Then I got my normal twitch where my hand will just throw itself out <clears throat> when it feels like it because of the MS. And there's another part of my forearm that has a twitch effect to it. So when you're trying to pull lines and stuff, that can be a major pain in the ass. Uh, and then I got a new area in my elbow that's bone on bone also, I found out. And that clicks and pops. So eventually I'll have probably have a bunch of little bone fragments in my wrist and elbow that they'll have to pick out someday whenever they do go in there. Uh, like they do with my knee when they operated on my knee that time. But... Yeah, I haven't been happy with my facial uh, reconstructions, images. Uh, of course, hands and feet are always a pain in the ass to get back in a nice, good flow with. So I've been jumping all over the place. I've been doing anything from cartoony work, uh, comic book related work, to realistic stuff in the past few pictures i've been obsessed with things that my wife loves she's such a wonderful person i figure what the heck i might as well make some things she really enjoys and of course <laughs> after i take pictures of them for social media and stuff she's she's basically taking them <laughs> a lot of my art will end up probably in her junk journals and stuff like that so, but, uh, I got a nice idea for a small comic that I'm going to do that, uh, I'm hoping I can get published in a friend's comic, comic book in the near future. Uh, I gave, a another friend, uh, something for their comic which i got something published in one of their comics in the past so we'll see what happens with that and yeah i've been having fun the only downfall is it does take a lot of time i mean between trying to read comics i'd like to get at least an hour or two a day i'd love to be able to schedule everything where an hour or two a day i could just read comics four to six hours a day do some drawing and then get at least in 
one or two hours of podcasting in and videos and stuff like that. And then my oddball stuff. But trying to do that, plus be a 24-7 caretaker, plus sit there and take care of all the oddball things that come to deal with everything else and then normal life stuff. Yeah, it can be very tight, but my insomnia right now is off the charts. So that's a good thing. It's like last night I spent about four hours working on a picture for my wife of a character that she loves. It came out better than I expected. I had to redo the eyes and nose and mouth a few times. and No, two times. I just had stuff shifted off a little bit, so I redid them all one time. Fixed that up. Other than that, I was happy with that drawing to an extent, but I still have little quirks with my facial issues. For some reason, I can't draw a nose to save my ass lately. I gotta mess with the nose quite a bit. Uh... But it's coming back. I mean, 15, 20 years of not tattooing and drawing. And it takes a little bit out of you. But I'm trying to recover it. And I'm doing it in a way where I am making a huge variety of different things that I've been drawing. And I've been playing with some character crossovers and stuff. So, yeah. Check out my uh, Instagram if you like. It's Kevin Kirby. Klein Hans, all one word, K-E-V-I-N-K-E-R-B-Y-K-L-E-I-N-H-A-N-S. I may change that up and just stick it under the call of MS. It'd probably make more sense. It'd be easier, so watch for that in the future. I might do that. I just wanted to have something that had my name on it that people could search. Kirby is my nickname, and Probably 90% or so of the people I know know me just as Kirby and don't know my real name. So I figured that gives people an opportunity to search for things because I've lived in a variety of places around the United States. uh, And I've been wanted for things all over the U.S. And it just, yeah, it's easier for people to find me that Knew me a long time ago, but don't know where I am or if I'm even alive or anything anymore. So that's why I wanted to have something that's under that name, other than my Facebook, which is under Kevin Kleinhans. But yeah, rattling on, of course, which I always do when I have extra time. But do that. Check out Crimson Color Comic Club. We've been doing a lot of fun uh, episodes recently and uh there's been some c2e2 stuff in there from one of our members that got to go to c2e2 uh i did my c2e2 video of goodies that he picked up for me on my youtube but uh he's got a lot of interesting stuff he's been showing off and they got things going on themselves that they've been he's been working with making other podcasts and stuff with other people uh, but yeah, it's, you can check it out and follow whatever. Uh, also on the Crimson Color Comic Club, we've been doing 
every other Wednesday, that's not how it's coming out, I guess. I guess he waited until he decided to release the first issue, and then he's going to put them out randomly. I don't know if he has any plan for any set time to let them out, but the first one is released. And, uh, yeah, we do an episode tonight. We'll be doing one. I don't know when it'll get released, but he's still got one or two in the bank that he's got to still put out before this one. But, yeah, I'm going to have a little Hellboy Liz artwork that I'm going to show off tonight that I uh, worked on. But or Actually, that was last night, if you're listening to this being on Thursday. I recorded this on Wednesday because I'm going to be gone on Thursday, so I had to get this one out of the way. Sorry about that. But, yeah, that's it. Take care of yourself. Be good. We'll get back to you on some more comic goodies soon. Bye.